All right, everybody, welcome to Rick 61, episode two. We're back here and we're with some familiar faces today. If you guys kept up with my YouTube channel, then you guys are familiar with these faces. First, we got Gledhill in the house. Go ahead and say what's up. What's up? And then you got, of course, Preston, who's been there since day one as well. Preston Pope, say hi. What's up, y'all? How you been? All right. So today we're going to go ahead and talk some more football. Last week we covered NBA season getting back. So today we're going to go through every division and pretty much make a way too early prediction. Obviously, with the whole pandemic, we don't know how things are going to be. It could change and how they're going to do with the fans. But I guess for now, we're just going to act like everything is normal. We're going to pretend everything is going to be on schedule. So I thought we'd go best to worst. So in my opinion, and I think you guys could agree with me on this one as well, is the NFC West is the best division in football. I think it, it proved this past year. I don't really see any division that competes with it. Maybe the NFC North. But if you look at the NFC North, outside of the Vikings and the Packers, the Bears are up and down in Mitch Trubisky. And I don't remember the last time the Lions even won a playoff game. So those two teams just kind of bring that division down. But meanwhile, you shift gears to the NFC West. You have the Seahawks, who are pretty much, with Russell Wilson, they're always contenders. You got the 49ers, who completely turned their whole team around with Kyle Shanahan, and they're now a defensive powerhouse. And then you have the Arizona Cardinals, who on the rise at this point I think they're going to be a great team this year and then the LA Rams who went to the Super Bowl two years ago I know they're kind of falling apart now but you got to look at all these things and I think in terms of the most balanced this is the best division in football I'm going to keep my word no matter what happens the rest of this offseason the LA Rams will be one of the worst teams in football and I'm going to stand by that with the direction that they're going in and I know Sean McVay is a good coach but they're just falling apart. And it was all because of that Super Bowl run. They invested all their money into that defensive side and they paid Todd Gurley all that money. And then they had to cut him because he owed 10 million in salary and it just wasn't good with his whole knee. So their defense is just kind of up and down right now. I really see LA finishing definitely worse in the division and one of the worst teams in football, one of the worst teams in the NFC as well. So Arizona Cardinals, I have them at the seventh seed, 11-5. and five. I think they're going to rise to the occasion. They'll be the seventh seed. They'll get that last wild card spot in the NFC. I have the Seahawks being 11-5. and five. They'll get the wild card. And then I have the 49ers repeating as champions at 12-4. and four. But that division is going to be really close with those three teams. you got 12-4, and 11-5, and 11-5. and five. They're all going to be right there fighting within one game. I think the Seahawks win the division. They had a lot of injury issues and whatnot. I think this year – Russell Wilson has another MVP season. The 49ers, you see, you see the team that loses Super Bowl, they usually have a little bit of a, a Super Bowl hangover the next year, at least that's what we've seen recently. So I think we'll see that a little bit. I think the 49ers are still, you know, they're going to be right up there, 11-5, and five, maybe 12-4. and four. Seahawks win the division by a game. And then I got the 49ers. And then after that, I think you got to take the Cardinals. I, you have them at 11-5. I don't know if I'm that high on them. I think they're a 9-7, and 10-6 team. That's fair. The Rams are in a tough spot right now, especially the three teams above them are all you know, more talented right now. Yeah, unfortunately, I think the Rams are a 6-10, 7-9, maybe even worse team. I, I don't know. I hope Jimmy G doesn't end up like Jared Goff did. Made the Super Bowl, doesn't play as well as maybe he wanted to, and then completely shits the bed the next year. I don't think that will happen because he's on a more balanced team, if you ask me. They didn't have to worry about losing all those assets, so Jimmy G is going to be just fine. And I trust the Niners more as an organization than I do the Rams. So 
with John Lynch as their general manager, maybe the best general manager in football. I think Jimmy G will be just fine. Yeah, and I think I'm, you know, obviously I might be jumping a gun a little bit with the whole record thing. I mean, don't get too caught up in the records. It's more where everyone finishes. And I think 49ers, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams, regardless of the record. Let's be honest here. The Rams went all in. They were sitting on the table. They had end of the race in World Series poker. And they went all in. They went all in. It was the final two. And they ended up losing to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. And they had that amazing roster just so Jared Goff could suck in the Super Bowl. Imagine if they had any other quarterback. Take any other starting quarterback outside of maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick in the NFL. Well, okay. Take any of the top 16 quarterbacks in the NFL and you're winning a Super Bowl that year. That roster was ridiculous. And rightfully so, it was a great move, similar to how the Toronto Raptors put all their chips in to go for Kawhi Leonard and they ended up getting a championship out of that. The ultimate goal is to win championships. You, you got something to say, Eric? Well, yes, you're right, Preston. But at the same time, they really technically shouldn't have made the Super Bowl based on what happened. But I, that's another whole another story. Anyways, continue. Oh, okay. Yeah. If we want to talk about the Saints. Anyways, the main point is they went all in and now they're donezo. Now they're donezo. And honestly, they should just be looking to rebuild at this point. Not maintain. I mean, moving Todd Gurley, it, it was a tough situation because of, you know, the knee injury and not knowing what the roster was going to look like this year. Yeah, I've got the Rams. I don't know if they're going to be the worst team in football because they still got some talented players. They still got Jalen Ramsey, and they've still got Aaron Donald on the defensive end. Aaron Donald, he just goes in there, and he screws everything up. So I think they'll, they'll be like a, a five- or six-win team. Now, the Cardinals making an all-time move going for DeAndre Hopkins. Man, oh, man, are the Houston Texans going to regret that. Screw Bill O'Brien. He's an absolute bum. I would hate to – dude, the Texans have so much talent, it's ridiculous. I can't wait to talk about the Texans. I cannot wait. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray. Nobody's talking about – everybody's talking about Drew Locke. Why isn't anybody talking about Kyler Murray? The point is the Cardinals are going to have a really good season this year. I don't think they're contenders to win the division because it's so tough, but they will be a wild card team in the playoffs at 10 and six. That is a firm belief for me. That's fair. I think they're going to have a down year. I think they're still going to do well, but they're going to be right there with the Cardinals battling for that second spot. So I put them at like a 10 and six or a nine and seven. And then the Seattle Seahawks, man, Russell Wilson, that's my MVP pick this year. Undoubtedly, that's my MVP pick. If anybody else wins MVP, I, I don't know. It, it's Russell Wilson. I can't believe that Russell Wilson hasn't even gotten one MVP vote. Have you? Big facts. I, that is crazy. The past three years, he has been an MVP candidate. You can make an argument for him being the best quarterback in the league right now. I think he's second whoa, best. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, okay. well, my, my, my bad. I forgot about Patrick Mahomes, the second best quarterback. Yeah, okay. I was about to say, I don't think my he's bad, better than my Mahomes. Bad. That was a brain fart. But was a brain it's okay. Fart. I almost it's okay. forgot about that cat. Oh, man. Yeah. But anyways, getting back to the roster, the Seahawks, although they will be weak on the defensive end, they added Greg Olson at the tight end position. And then you've got DK Metcalf, who's going into his second year. So he's only going to get better. I think he's going to have a breakout year 
look for him in fantasy. I got the the Seahawks being, you know, either a two or three seed in the NFC, maybe even a one seed at like 12 and four or 13 and three. You said DK Metcalf's only going to get better. Think about that whole sophomore class of receivers. DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuels, Marquise Brown, all in their second year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we think NFC West is the best division in football. We might as well just go ahead and and get on into the AFC West. I think the Broncos are going to improve big time this year. Drew Locke had pretty good rookie stats. I think he might take off here in year two, and Bradley Chubb is going to be coming back. They added A.J. Bouye from the Jaguars. So I think the Broncos will be much improved this year. The Raiders might be the last place team in that division. I think the AFC West is going to be pretty loaded this year. Yes, sir. I think the Raiders are going to have a really surprisingly good year this year. Gruden made some more additions during the offseason. He brought in Marcus Mariota to kind of add some competition to the Raiders quarterback position and hopefully push Derek Carr so that way he can have a better season than what he's had previously. Because I still think Derek Carr is a solid NFL quarterback. He just needs to be in the right system. And I think the Raiders are learning where they need to go in order to have a good season. I think the weakest team in that division is easily the Chargers, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, I've got Chiefs easily winning that division. And then Broncos made some great offseason additions. And a lot of people making the case for this Drew Lock cat being the next person to make a huge jump in their second year, similar to a Carson Wentz or a Patrick Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson. But, hey, we'll see what happens. He's got all the weapons to be great. The, the only thing I'm concerned about Drew Locke is I just don't know if I see them as that guy that has it. You know, he seems – when I look at him on paper, I just think of him as a game manager. And as long as he does his job, I think the Broncos are going to be okay. They drafted Jerry Judy at number 15. Then they went ahead and drafted another receiver back-to-back. Their offense is going to be very loaded. And I'm really excited to see how it plays out. And they already have a good defense. You know, Gledhill mentioned – the addition of A.J. Boye, and you can't forget Jarrell Casey. They got him. That was a big pickup for them. And I know some people are already saying that Drew Law is a dark horse for MVP, which I think that's possible, but I don't know if – I think I would say he's probably going to have a good year, but I think you got to have an offensive coach to have the stats, the numbers to, to go with. So I think he's going to be good, but I think the strength of that team – you know, they hired Big Fangio to have a good defense year in, year out. I think he's going to have a good year, but I don't know if he's going to have the eye-popping stats that some of the MVPs in years past have had. Right, and I, and I will say honestly that, that this is probably the most balanced Broncos team on paper that I've seen in a while. If you look back in 2013, 2014, when they went to the Super Bowl and got completely destroyed by the Seattle Seahawks, they had a really powerhouse offense with Peyton Manning, Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, Wes Welker, Julius Thomas. That offense was loaded, but their defense wasn't that great. And then you fast forward two years after that, they had the best defense ever. Peyton Manning at that point is just a game manager and they go to the Super Bowl because of that defense and they beat the 15 and one Carolina Panthers. So this is the first time in a while that I've kind of looked at them and like, wow, this team is very, very balanced. That's going to be interesting to see what noise they can make come playoff time, but they have to get there first. That's the whole point is to get there. As I go through these schedules, This is what I have the final records predicting for all four teams. So I got the Kansas City Chiefs finishing at 14-2. and They're obviously going to be the number one seed in the AFC. So I say they win the division. Broncos, a lot of people might disagree with me on this just because of their roster. 
but I have them about nine and seven. It was based on the games and how they played out. I have them winning a lot of games in mile high for sure. I think they're going to pull up some upsets, but I think there's going to be some road games where Drew Locke just doesn't show up. And so I, I had to put that into factor too. So I have Denver finishing second. They will make the playoffs. They will be the last wild card. There's seven teams now that make it. So I have the Broncos getting the number seventh seed, that last wild card spot, and they will be nine and seven, but they'll finish second in the AFC West. And then you go over, and I actually disagree with you, Preston. I have the LA Chargers finishing ahead of the Las Vegas Raiders, but I have the Chargers finishing exactly at 500, eight and eight. Chris Harris Jr., and you got Melvin Ingram, you got Joey Bosa. The list goes on. Desmond King, they have a stacked defense, and Phillip Rivers is now out of there, and they get a new guy. The Chargers are either a really good team or a really bad team. Yeah, so 500 isn't going to work. Well, this is different. It's 2020 now. <laughs> so, Hey, I, I, I will give you this, though, Eric. Because of the situation, because there's probably not going to be any fans at the games, I'm going to say there's not as much pressure on Anthony Lynn and the Chargers coaching staff to throw Herbert in there right away when the game isn't doing well. It doesn't matter because the Chargers don't really have a fan base anyway. I feel like I'm the only Charger fan in all of L.A. There's not going to be like people, you know, booing them at the game, going, put Herbert in, da-da-da-da-da. There was in Cleveland when it's like, come on, just put Baker in, man. We're tired of this suffering. I think that Tyrod will play at least the first six games of the season. Do you see Herbert as, as the future? Do you think he's a franchise guy right now? Uh, he was the quarterback that I wanted in the draft. I think that he has the pet potential to be. He's literally in a perfect destination. They've got plenty of weapons on offense. They've got, like Eric said, arguably a top three defense in the league. It's, it's tough for me to say this, but I think Phillip Rivers was – kind of becoming cancerous for that team. He's not fit for, for the new offense that Anthony Lynn has been, been trying to put in. Offenses are a lot more complex now, and you know they require just like a lot more about running the football, establishing the run, something that Phillip Rivers never really did. He was just like, you know, shotgun every single play. But yeah, I think Justin Herbert, given the right scenarios, that he will be a good quarterback. And I don't know if he's a long-term fit, but I, I'm hoping that he will be. I'm up and down with Herbert. Going into the draft, I was like, I think this guy has the potential to better than Tua or Joe Burrow. And I, I was going even that far down the road. And that's kind of big to say. Well, this guy, he's obviously going to be a sleeper. And I think he could possibly have the best career given the situation that he was in. But then I started thinking about it. And I could see him being a franchise guy in a couple years. Or I could just see him completely just being a bust. I hope that's not the case because I really liked uh, watching him play at Oregon. And the Chargers are a team that I have respect for. So, you know, I would like to see it work out. And, and Tyrod Taylor is another quarterback who I don't think is as bad as people make him out to be. I think the Chargers are going to be fine. And I would say he's an average quarterback and 8-8 eight and eight is an average team. So I think that's a perfect fit for the Chargers. That's my final record for them. And then I don't uh, – I know, Preston, I know they have a big fan base now. And I know it's a big market, big location. And they're going in the right direction. But I don't see the Raiders being – a good team. I, I just don't. And, and a tough division and a tough AFC. I don't see it happening. I have the Raiders finishing last in that division, six and 10. And with the signing of Mariota, I don't know if that does anything, but I don't know if Derek Carr is going to be the guy that they're going to keep around for a very long time, but who knows? I could be wrong. 
I don't think Derek Carr is the guy either, but I don't think he's an asset that they're going to trade. I think they'll try and find a quarterback through the draft eventually. But yeah, as far as a trade goes, I don't know anybody who would be willing to trade for him. Like if Cam Newton can't even get a job, maybe Cam Newton to the Raiders. <laughs> hey, that's, that's a, that's a good question, President. And, and real, real quick, before we move on, I, I want to say one more thing about the Raiders that really just kind of brought their stock down for me this whole season. And that was the pick with Henry Ruggs. That was the wrong receiver that they picked right there. You had Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb on the board and you get the worst out of that three, in my opinion. And Henry Ruggs, he's big, he's physical, but he kind of reminds me of a lot like DK Metcalf, super athletic, super strong and physical, but I don't know if he's going to be an elite receiver like Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb who have that potential. Not saying that Ruggs is going to be bad. I just don't know if, if he's as good as these other guys. They could surprise us. You know, you got Josh Jacobs, who's a really good running back, and he could rise to the top this year as well. So, so. yeah, if you're Derek Carr, you got to play well early because fans already are kind of halfway out the door with him. I don't, I think they, they probably see the Raiders going elsewhere in the future. Yes, sir. All right, so wrapping it up, I have Chiefs, Denver, LA, and then Las Vegas Raiders. So, Preston, I'm pretty sure you have the same, except you have the Raiders and the Chargers flip-flopped. Yeah, I got the the Chiefs at around 13-3 and three or 12-4. and four. They'll be a top-two seed in the AFC. And then definitely the Broncos second. I think the Broncos um, at like a 9-7 and seven or like a 10-6. and six. That's what I And then been. the Raiders at like a 9-7 and seven or like an 8-8. Eight and eight. And then the Chargers at like a 6-10 and 10 or like a 5-11. and 11. Okay, so you just kind of have them flip-flopping with the Raiders based on me and Glen Hill's opinion. Yeah. Next division we have is the NFC North, Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears. This was one when I was looking at it, I kind of went back and forth with deciding. I think, obviously, the Minnesota Vikings are clearly the favorites. And I was having problems with the other teams. But nonetheless, based on the division... I have the Vikings winning the division this year. They're going to win the NFC North at 11-5. and five. They have a really good roster. I know they lost Stephon Diggs, but Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, if he can stay on the field, and Kirk Cousins, who's finally actually playing better now, playing the potential that he should be playing, I think they're going to win that division. And there's too many question marks right now with Green Bay, especially with how terrible their draft went. And – I don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. QB controversy there. You have Matt LaFleur, that second year as, as a head coach, and he, he's really smart, so I don't think he'll have them fall apart too bad. But I don't see them beating the Vikings. And I was never really high on Green Bay last year. They cruised to the second seed at 13-3 and three with a really easy, easy schedule. They didn't play anybody at all. And the games that they did play, they were barely squeezing them out. They were ugly. They got to the playoffs, and they paid for it. They made it to the NFC Championship, which that was very surprising, but then they got literally embarrassed by the 49ers. So we kind of saw that coming, but I have Green Bay actually uh, – y'all guys might hate me for this. I have Green Bay finishing 8-8, eight and eight and they will miss the playoffs. I do not have Green Bay Packers making the playoffs. I think there's too many good teams in the NFC this year, and you will see why when I talk about these other divisions. Green Bay will not make the playoffs, 8-8. Eight and eight. Detroit Lions, 7-9, and nine, right behind them. Chicago Bears, 6-10. and 10. Preston? Uh, excuse me? <laughs> did, did I hear that right? Did, 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 did you stutter? Nope. The Vikings will only be the team 
that will make the playoffs in that division. Packers wow. 8-8. Okay, if you think about it, the Packers, despite this year, they hadn't have made the playoffs prior to that the past three years. They're not a powerhouse in the NFC anymore. There's too many good NFC teams. Yeah, I'd agree with you that they're not a powerhouse, but I think they're still going to make the playoffs. Too much controversy. They didn't dress the positions that they needed in the draft this year. Dude, the, the draft was terrible for the Packers. I will give you that. But I, I don't see Aaron Rodgers finishing worse than Aaron, 10 and 6. Aaron Rodgers is, is going down. Aaron I, I hope he goes off this year. I, I'm, I'm for the for the, maybe the first time in my life. I am rooting for Aaron Rodgers. I've always been, I know, I've always kind of been a Kirk Cousins guy because because he went to Michigan State. But and I, I am rooting for Aaron Rodgers. I hope he goes off this year. Just uh, just just comes out of no. I mean, I like everyone. The Packers go twelve and four again or something. I, I just I don't think it's gonna happen. But I, I'm I'm totally rooting for it. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> hasn't been an elite quarterback in the past two or three years. Yeah. If you think about it. So I don't know why when, you know, when everyone brings up the whole conversation, well, well, the Packers still have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, he's, a, uh, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. And there's no doubt about it. But he's not getting any younger. And he's not, he's nowhere near the level of Patrick Mahomes anymore. Nowhere near those level of guys. I think at this point, you can say Russell Wilson is better than him. Patrick Mahomes is better than him. Drew Brees is better than him. I mean, I could go on. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. I'm sorry. I forgot about him. Deshaun Watson. I think all I, of those are I, better. I'd even put Wentz and Dak ahead of him right now. Well, given the situation that Dak is in, I would – yes. But there's no way – in terms of talent, Aaron Rodgers is way better than Dak Prescott, obviously. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, all-time talent, yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. right now it's debatable, but – Okay, I'd still put if you're considering Dak and Wentz as elite, you've got to consider Aaron Rodgers. I don't. Elite. I don't think Dak and Wentz are elite, personally. All right, all right, then then that's fair. Now I think Dak is a overly hated quarterback. I don't think he's as bad as people make him out to be, but I mean at the same time he's on the Dallas Cowboys. So okay, Preston. Regardless of if you think the Packers are going to make the playoffs, do you agree with me that the Vikings are the better team and they're going to beat them for the division? Because I I think that's fair. I'd say that they're the better team for sure. They'll split their games in the division. But, yeah, it, it just depends on how yeah, Kirk Cousins split. plays. If he comes out – last year he was very impressive with – they came out, they played terrible the first couple of weeks. But then he bounced back and played really well after Diggs called him out. I was super impressed by that. And ever since then, I'm rooting for Kirk Cousins because he's shown that he can respond from adversity. So I will agree with you that the Vikings are the favorite for that division, yes. Okay. And do you, we can't forget, you know how I said they lost to Fawn Diggs. Justin Jefferson is, is replacing him. Yeah, so, I was going to bring that up too. Yeah. You didn't really get to talk about Detroit and Chicago. I had Minnesota, Green Bay, Detroit, Chicago. I had Detroit 7-9, and nine, Chicago 6-10. and 10. Yeah, shoot. I don't know. I could make a case for Chicago being the worst team in football this year, potentially. With Nick Foles? If Nick Foles stays healthy, then I I don't think they'll be the worst. But if he gets hurt again, then they easily could could be there. Because a lot of the worst teams in football, they did a really good job in the offseason or they're getting key players back. So this is one of the first years where it's kind of tough to figure out who's going to be the worst team in football. 
that's at least how I feel. This is the most balanced I think the league has been in a while. And with everything that's happening with coronavirus, you never know what's going to happen. So, yeah, I'll give the Bears like a, a 5-11 and 11 or a 4-12. and 12. The Lions, I think the Lions are going to have a better year this year. I think so but, too. But they're still going to be the Lions at like an 8-8. Eight and eight. And then Packers, yeah, 10-6-ish. and six ish. And then the Vikings, 11-5 and five or 12-4. and four. Yeah, and based on the draft, Detroit had the best draft out of that division. Like, Detroit had a really good draft and, and a really good free agency, too. They, they upgraded the defensive position. And Detroit was a team that I think could possibly be a sleeper this year. But then I went ahead and looked at their schedule and, and the division that they're in and the NFC, and it's just like, I don't think it's realistic, you know. As much as I want to see it, and don't get me wrong, if Detroit goes out there and surprises a lot of people this year and makes the playoffs, you know, good for them. I mean, just realistically, I don't think it's going to happen. They need a new coach. Simple as that. Yeah, Patricia, very questionable play caller. <laughs> but that's for sure. Gledhill, what do you think? Yeah, so I, I am going to have the Vikings win that division. I, I think that's one of my easier picks. There's a decent chance the Lions actually jump the Packers. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think there, there's a decent chance it, it does end up happening. But I will go and take the Packers second, the Lions third, and I think the Bears, like you said, Preston, might, might be the worst team in football. I might rather have Kirk Cousins than Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know. You know, like, like with this team picking Jordan Love in the first round, it's almost like a sign that, like, okay, they're they're definitely looking towards the future. Like, they're going to have to play Jordan Love at some point in the next two to three years. In the Packers' eyes, it almost seems like Aaron Rodgers is on his way out. So I just hope – I hope he goes off this year. But, unfortunately, I just don't think their team is, is good enough to win that division. They were 12-4 and four last year, but they, they should not have been 12-4. and four. I mean, the Vikings – very nice. Yeah, I don't think Chicago's going to quite be the worst team in football. And I'll tell you, I already have my lock for the worst team in football. We'll talk about that when we get there. I definitely have Chicago being one of the worst in the NFC for sure. Next division, we have the NFC South, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans Saints, Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers. This one is another exciting division, especially with the addition of Tom Brady to the NFC South. And... He's got all the weapons in the world. Rob Gronkowski came out of retirement. You got Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. You have a really talented roster. You address the offensive line position in the draft, and you already have a really good defense. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, on paper, are a really good team. It's, the question is going to be Tom Brady. His arm isn't the same as it was when maybe, you know, two or three years ago or his prime days where he could literally chunk it to anybody he wanted to. I see them making the playoffs because they have a really talented team. I don't know if they could be a, a Super Bowl contender at this point in Tom Brady's career, but that nonetheless, I still think they're going to be a playoff team. I have the Saints edging them out in the division at about 12 and 4, 13 and 3 range. New Orleans is a really good regular season team and they, they have a really good offense and wasn't too happy about them drafting another center in the first round, but nonetheless, they have a really good roster and they're a good regular season team. So I have them edging out the Buccaneers, 12 and 4, 13 and 3. I'd say the Buccaneers are about a 10 and 6, 11 and 5 wild card team. And then I have the Atlanta Falcons. Unfortunately, with Matty Ice and Todd Gurley and Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, I still don't like that defense. And Atlanta is known for choking. So 7 and 9 for them. They won't make the playoffs. And then I have the Carolina Panthers. Panthers are going to finish last in that division, unfortunately. Teddy Bridgewater. 
ah, man, he's got some good weapons, but just lost too much for me on the defensive side. And being- They addressed it in the draft. Matt Rule's whole thing coming in was let's rebuild that defense. They did pick up some guys early in that draft. It might really help them early on. So it might be better than we think. I just don't know if Bridgewater is going to carry this team to a playoff spot. I don't, I don't see that happening, especially in a tough division. So there's question marks with the college coach coming up his first year. So I, I just think it's safe to say that Carolina Panthers finishing last in that division. Preston? What if I told you there's going to be three 10-win teams in this division? That would be crazy. That'd be the best division in football. I think it potentially could be. I've got the Falcons finishing the season at about 8-8. Eight and eight. They'll be about a 500 team. But like you said, there's a lot of questions on the defensive end. So if they can improve defensively and put Matty Ice in a position to win games, then could potentially be a good team. Next up, I've got the Panthers, 10-6. and six. They've addressed all the concerns in the offseason. They're going to play through Christian McCaffrey. They're going to set Bridgewater up in play-action situations, something he's very comfortable with. He's been an amazing game manager. I don't know if that roster is as talented as the Saints roster. It, it definitely isn't, but it's still really good. And then I've got the Buccaneers finishing behind the Saints at 11-5, and five, and then the Saints at 12-4. and four. Bruce Arians is just such a good coach that there's no way that the Buccaneers will fail this year. Even if Tom Brady isn't playing amazing, he still knows how to win games. If Bruce Arians could have the season he did with Jameis Winston last year, like they won seven games with Jameis Winston, what do you think he'll be able to do even with an old Tom Brady? So those are my predictions for that division. Well, the thing about Tampa Bay and New Orleans is they always have good games against each other, regardless of how good each team is. It seems like they always split a game with each other, especially since Tampa Bay is a good team now. Gladhill? It might very well be the best division in the NFC. I think you got two teams in the, in the Saints and the Buccaneers that are real Super Bowl contenders, the Falcons and the Panthers, who a lot of uncertainties are both of them, but I think they're both potential playoff teams. So I don't think there's really any one team in that division that's kind of like a weak link. I know like in the NFC West, I think everyone's saying the Rams are going to take a huge step back and they're going to be easily the weakest team in that division. I don't think this division really has a weak one. It's definitely the most quarterback-heavy, the two legends, future Hall of Famers. you got Matt Ryan, who's been to a Super Bowl, and Teddy Bridgewater, who's played pretty well in the opportunities he's had. But I'm going to take the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers might be the most talented team in that division. You just look at the weapons they have on offense. That defense is going to be pretty good as well. They're going to edge the Saints by one to two games there. And then in third place, I'm going to take the Falcons. I think Matt Ryan can get it done. You had Todd Gurley in there. You got Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones. The defense is going to be better than people think. And the Panthers, I think even though they're going to finish last, they're still going to be a decent team. I, I could definitely see the Panthers edging out the Falcons. I mean, who, who knows? I got the Buccaneers being 12-4, and 13-3. and The Saints are going to be 11-5, 12-4 the highest. I think the Falcons might be a 9-7 and team, and the Panthers 6-10 and at the worst, 7-9 and team. So – Really entertaining division. I think this might be the most entertaining division in football. Yeah, I was up and down with the Buccaneers and the Saints. That could go either way. Preston said it well. Bruce Arians is a great coach. He's not going to allow them to fail. So next one, AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens. They cruised to the playoffs last year and ended up losing to the Tennessee Titans. The Browns, the Bengals, and the Steelers. This is another division that's always been pretty good. Despite Cleveland, even before Cincinnati started going downhill, They were all three in playoff hunts. You know, you always had the Ravens, the Steelers battling for first place, and then you had the Bengals right there being a wild card team with Andy Dalton all those years. The past recent years haven't been 
so well for them. But they get Joe Burrow. They get their guy. You have the Browns who then on paper have a good roster, but it's going to be up to how Baker Mayfield plays. But they address the offensive line, so could be a better season for them as well. Then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers who, despite having Big Ben with injury problems last year, they still finished, what, 8-8, eight 9-7 and, eight, nine and seven last year after missing it the past two seasons. I still have the Ravens winning the division. They won't be as dominant. I have them winning about 12-4, and 11-5. And, and then I have the Steelers finishing right behind them at 10-6. and six. I think Steelers will have a bounce back year. And then I have the Browns, 7-9, uh, 6-10. And, and, and then I have the Bengals, unfortunately, with Joe Burrow. I don't see them making the playoffs. I have them about 5'11", 6-10 team. And that's an improvement right there. Yeah, I agree with that pretty much. The Ravens are going to win that division. I also agree with you that the Steelers are going to have a bounce back year, and they're going to be a wild card team. I'm really rooting for the Browns. I hope they have a good season, but I just don't see it happening. There's too much change, too much bad, 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 a bad aura <laughs> surrounding the team. and. Bad mojo, man. They're going to split a game with the Bengals about 500, maybe just under 500, but there's no way they make the playoffs this year. OBJ is going to get traded at some point during the season. As far as the Bengals go, Joe Burrow is coming in the worst situation possible because he's not going to have an offseason to work with anybody, get used to that NFL speed, and he's going to throw a lot of interceptions. He's going to have a really tough time adjusting the speed without a ton of practice. And the Bengals might win a couple games early in the season, but as teams figure Joe Burrow out, they're going to shut him down. So I'll give the Bengals four to five games. They're going to be one of the worst teams in football again this year, unfortunately, just because of the circumstances. The difference of the Browns not making the playoffs this year, Big Ben. Big Ben owns the Cleveland Browns. He always has. Yep, I, I agree. Glenn Hill? Yeah, so in response to like what you were saying about Joe Burrow and not having a chance to, to be with his teammates and to have like the extended preparation that, that he would normally have, so that's going to be tough for him early on in the season. He might have a lot of growing pains, but I think the organization that he's in, I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people are saying it is. I mean, come on, they have made the playoffs five or six times in the last decade, and they made it with Andy Dalton, too. I mean, this is not a terrible organization. But I do have the Bengals finishing last just because of the quarterback change. And I'm not really too sure about Zach Taylor right now. I, I don't know if he can coach or not. I think the Ravens win the division, 12-4 and four team. Still the most talented team in that division. Second and third place, Pittsburgh Steelers or Cleveland Browns. I think that one's tough for me. I, I just don't know what we're going to see from Big Ben in his return. I'm rooting for him. I hope he has a big year. The Browns, same thing. I just don't know what they're going to see from them. There are a lot of uncertainties with both teams. They're not going through like coaching changes that the Browns are right now. And with the current COVID situation, it's really tough to go through a coaching change or a quarterback change. So I'm going to probably take the Steelers in second. 12-4 and four for the Ravens. I would say maybe 9-7 and seven for the Steelers. Browns are right there at 8-8. Eight and eight. Bengals maybe it's 5-11, and 6-10 and 10 team. All right, moving on into the AFC South. We have the Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts, Houston Texans, and Jacksonville Jaguars. Four teams that really were kind of all play in the playoff picture the past few years. Recently, though, it's only been Houston, Indianapolis, and Tennessee. And then last year, we only had Tennessee and Houston make it. So I'm going to go ahead and first start off with the Titans. I think the Titans are going to win this division. Last year, the Texans won by a game, but, and the Titans got the sixth seed in the wild card. But I think this year, the Titans are going to take over. Houston's going to have a little bit of a down year, especially after losing their top receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. And that offensive line is 
kind of questionable. It always has been. And I don't know if I can see Deshaun Watson playing in Houston his whole career, especially with the route that they're going. I mean, who knows? Maybe they get rid of Bill O'Brien and they get a better coach and they get some good players there. But as for right now, I don't, I think Houston could be another team that could fall off. And in fact, I'm going to take a big risk here. I'm going to say that Tennessee wins the division at 12 and four. They're going to have a really good season with Ryan Tannehill. I have the Indianapolis Colts finishing right behind them. They're going to get the wild card spot. And then the Houston Texans will not make the playoffs this year. I have them finishing third in the division. And then the last, I've been holding this off for the past four divisions or so. The worst team in football will be the Jacksonville Jaguars next year. They will be the worst team in the NFL by far. There's no doubt about it. Gardner Minshew. Oh, I, I don't even want to begin to talk about it. Gardner Minshew had a couple great games last year, right? When he filled in for an injured Nick Foles. We get that. But do you really see him leading a team or being a franchise quarterback? Because I sure as hell don't. Jaguars are falling apart. Their defense, Saxonville's completely gone. They got a good linebacker from LSU this year, and they upgraded at the defensive position in the draft. But these guys are young, and Gardner Minshew is not the answer. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars by far being the worst team in the NFL. I would be surprised if they win more than three games this year. I'm not even joking. So I have the Titans winning, Colts right behind them, Texans, Jaguars. The reason I think the Titans are going to win is because I would take a healthy Ryan Tannehill over an aging Phillip Rivers. And that's 10 out of 10 times. Phillip Rivers, this is a farewell season for him. This is his vacation time before he gets that retirement with his K plus eight family. This is going to be a nice farewell. He gets to play in a location that fits really well with him and a place where the fans, I think they wanted him. Finally gets that offensive line that he never really got in LA. And Colts arguably have the best offensive line in football. And they get Jonathan Taylor. They get Michael Pittman Jr. And then they get Jacob Eason who could possibly be their next franchise quarterback once Phillip Rivers gets his little farewell retirement. So Jacoby Brissett, what are they going to do with him if he's going to stay as a backup? Or are they going to trade him? Or are they just not going to resign him when his contract's up? I'm going to give Jacoby Brissett the benefit of the doubt here because I think a lot of people always talk about, well, Jacoby Brissett wasn't as good as we thought he was going to be. I didn't really ever think Jacoby Brissett was going to be a franchise quarterback. Look at the positions he was in. The two seasons he has started, in 2017, he started because Andrew Luck was hurt. He was hurt all year, so they threw Jacoby Brissett in to be the starting job. They went 8-8, eight and eight, whatever, right? So then the next year, Andrew Luck comes back, right? Jacoby Brissett goes back to the bench. The Colts are contenders. They make it to the AFC Championship. And then the next year, Andrew Luck just suddenly retires like two weeks before the season starts, and Jacoby Brissett is again thrown into the starting position, and they go 8-8. Eight and eight. So – Jacoby Brissett, he did his thing. He was average. He wasn't a franchise quarterback. But at the same time, I didn't expect him to be a franchise quarterback. I, I know maybe some Colts fans saw Jacoby Brissett and thought, oh, well, we were hoping he would be more like a Jimmy G. Jimmy G was another guy that came from the Patriots and goes to another team and ends up being a franchise quarterback. That wasn't the case with Jacoby Brissett. It happens. But this Jacob Eason guy, on the other hand, I'm not saying he's the next guy, but he has the potential to be the next guy instead of Jacoby Brissett, if everything goes well. We'll see what happens with Phillip Rivers. I 100% think this is his last year. They have a really good roster. Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack, that's going to be a powerhouse at the running back position, one of the best duos in football, I think, possibly. So 
they're going to be fine with the Titans. I think they'll both split a game, but I think the Titans with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill and an underrated roster, they're going to win the AFC uh, South this year. And then Houston, like I said, I just don't see them competing with those two teams, especially with Bill O'Brien. That's what I think. Preston, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Jacksonville, about how they're going to be the worst team in football this year. But I don't necessarily think it's going to be because of Gardner Minshew. I think he's a decent quarterback, not enough to be, like, one of the worst in the league. Like, there's plenty of other terrible quarterbacks in the league. Jacksonville, they've gone through a rebuilding stage. They've gotten rid of all of their assets, trying to rebuild for the future. And they're going to tank and try and get number one overall pick in the draft this year, Trevor Lawrence, you know. (laughs) The future, man. That kid's the future. We'll see what happens there. Hopefully he doesn't go to Jacksonville. That would be terrible. Hopefully he doesn't go to the Patriots. For his sake, I hope he goes to the Patriots. But, man, that would be terrible. I don't think the Titans are going to win the division, though. And here's why. They should have paid Derrick Henry. Teams are really going to load the box up and force Tannehill to make plays consistently. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. He's shown that he's a good quarterback in the past when he's healthy. I mean, he won a decent amount of games with the Dolphins when he was healthy. But Tennessee relied too much on play action in the playoffs. And that came to to bite him in the butt when they played the Chiefs. Tannehill's not a quarterback that can take over a game when you need to. You know, he's he's a game manager, but they really lean on Derrick Henry a lot. Teams know exactly what they're going to do, and they still just shove it down their throat. So I think teams will be able to make adjustments throughout the season to stop that unless they make some adjustments to put Tannehill in better situations consistently. That being said, I think they will still be a really good team, at least eight wins and sneak in as like a wild card. But the Texans are still the team to beat in that division. Colts could potentially sneak in there and split a couple games with a couple teams, maybe fight for a wild card position. But I think the Texans are in for like an 11-5 and season again. It's simply because of Deshaun Watson. Like, Bill O'Brien's a great regular season coach. But what's frustrating to me is when it comes time for the playoffs, he doesn't make any adjustments. So I think the Texans are going to win that division again. I will say, I do agree with you. They should have paid Derrick Henry over Tannehill. Because if you look back at the playoffs, how did they make the AFC Championship? They didn't make it because of Ryan Tannehill. They made it because of Derrick Henry. Gledhill? All right, so Eric, you picked the Titans. Preston, you picked the Texans. I'm going to go with the Colts to win the division. I think they might very well be the best coach team in that division. You got Phillip Rivers, who, how much he has left in the tank, but he is going to have a really good offensive line. And I think Michael Pittman Jr. was a huge pickup. You got Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. Michael Pittman, by the way, I, I would say maybe a dark horse for, for like an offensive rookie of the year or something. Tannehill's going to take a step back. Opposing defenses are going to find a way to figure them out. So the question is, but, who's going to finish second? I'm going to take the Titans second, but it's going to be close. I'm going to go Titans second, Texans third, Jacksonville way back. Any three of those teams could probably win the division. I'm going to give the edge to the Colts, probably because of coaching and because of that offensive line. But, man, this is going to be one of the, one of the closer divisions, one of, one of the more exciting ones to follow down the stretch. It's weird because I think it's possible that three teams from this division make the playoffs, but it's also very possible that only one team makes it. I would say the Colts probably win the division at 11-5. and five. Titans are right behind them at 10-6. and six. And then, shoot, throw the Texans in there at 8-8 eight eight or 9-7. and seven. I have the Colts finishing 11-5 and five as well. But I have Titans one game, 12-4. and four. I don't know. I'm really high on the Titans this year. It's probably because 
if it wasn't for the freaking Kansas City Chiefs, they would have went to the Super Bowl as a wild as a six seed wild card, which is insane to me. And I don't know. I don't see people stopping Derrick Henry. Yeah, it feels like this division is just based on gut feeling. Yeah, I mean, it could really could go either way. Real quick, do you guys see Deshaun Watson staying in Houston his whole career? The only problem in Houston is Bill O'Brien. That's it. That's the only problem. And it feels like nobody's talking about it. Can we stop ignoring the fact that he has been a terrible coach in the playoffs for no the past five seasons? And you know what they did this season? They gave him a freaking promotion when it's okay. He won that playoff game because first of all, they went against Josh Allen who just cracked under the pressure. That was one of the most pathetic games I'd ever seen. Both teams played terrible outside of Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson literally put the Texans on his back and also partially um, some great plays on the offensive end by Houston to help them get back going in that game again. But Literally, the only reason the Texans won that game is Deshaun Watson. That Superman play, that's a defining moment for his career. I think that play is overrated, Preston. I think it's very overrated. Why? Because the defender made a terrible attempt at tackling him. Go rewatch it. You have to rewatch it again because it wasn't as impressive as you think. And that, that game was more for Josh Allen cracking under pressure than Deshaun Watson coming up clutch for his team. Okay, so let's say Josh Allen was put in the same situation as Deshaun Watson there. You think he would have gotten out of that tackle and made that throw under pressure in those circumstances? I honestly, maybe. I mean, he's bigger than Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Okay, but do you think he would have made the throw? That's not the point. Oh, okay. But I think the point the point is is the defender made a terrible attempt at the at a tackle. He didn't even wrap up. Yeah, true, because Deshaun Watson spun out of it. There's some truth. I think it was an amazing play, but yes, the defender could have made the tackle. But yes. at the end of the day, he didn't because Deshaun Watson's a beast. Yeah, he's still a beast, no doubt about it. I just think that play's a little overrated, but that's it's, just my... It's still a defining moment in his career. Okay, anyways, continue. I'm sorry. It's also more about circumstances, too, than just the play itself. It's about when, when it happened and the, obviously the playoffs, you know late in the game basically win the game on the next play I mean that, that was the play that that basically sealed it so yeah if, if more about that if he would have gone down or thrown an incomplete pass they probably would have lost that game I was more baffled by the fact of Josh Allen choking because literally the lateral dude the lateral had me and my dad screaming and jumping up and down like what are you doing yeah the Texans should have blown them out from the beginning of the game the bottom line is it took Deshaun Watson and a couple of great Houston defensive players to help them get back in that game. It was not coaching whatsoever. I think both teams were evenly matched in that game, but it was just – there was coaching differences. You know, Sean McDermott's a way better coach than Bill O'Brien. Yes. And that's why me and Gledhill had the Bills winning that game. Anyways, Gledhill, what do you think? Do you see Deshaun Watson staying in Houston? If you're Houston, you want to keep him, obviously. Probably a top five quarterback in the league. You know, he's got all the intangibles. He – can make all the throws. He fits today's game. He's very mobile. He's got the arm as well. Really, he has it all. If you're Houston, you obviously want him to stay. But if you're Deshaun Watson, I don't know. I think Bill O'Brien just has too much power right now. He's, he's the general manager, the head coach. He's kind of making all the decisions. It, it almost feels, from the outside, looking in, it almost feels like it's almost like a dictatorship there. It's like his way or the highway. 
I don't know. I don't know right now with Deshaun. I would I would say probably not. I think Watson will probably end up being the second highest paid quarterback in the league behind I mean, Mahomes is gonna get the you know, just like a record deal, obviously. I think I yeah. think Watson will get agree. something right right in that area too. So Well just yeah. wait. I mean, just wait. Once Dak Prescott gets his contract, then Mahomes' contract's gonna be even bigger. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's insane. They should have paid Dak earlier, man. That was And he has the leverage. Yeah, he does have the leverage now, but his agent's also being a little difficult with some of these negotiations, too. Because he knows they can get more because yeah. they have the leverage. I mean, that's how it works. But but, but he's got to be careful because he's going to start pissing off a lot of people. Yeah. More than he's already had, regardless of if he deserves it or not. Because, I mean, a lot of people always say, well, Dak doesn't deserve $40 million. Name one quarterback besides Patrick Mahomes that deserves $40 million. Maybe Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson probably. But yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, it. Russ, Russell like, Wilson. That's and maybe it. Deshaun Watson. I wouldn't even say Deshaun Watson deserves $40 Yet. Million. Yet. See, that, that's why that statement is so stupid. Like, well, of course he doesn't deserve $40 million. There's not a lot of quarterbacks that deserve $40 million. Uh, that, that just makes me so mad when people say that. Anyways, little side note that this was recorded two weeks before Camp Newton was signed to the New England Patriots. So this obviously changed our opinion on the AFC East. All right, next division, we have the AFC East, Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots, New York Jets. This is a division that was kind of hard to predict. I think this is the hardest division to predict, if you ask me. I think you're right. (laughs) Yeah. This is 100% the hardest division to pick. On paper, it seems like the Bills right now, with Tom Brady leaving and the Patriots' lackluster offense, the Bills are probably the most well-balanced team right now in that division. Belichick is obviously the best coach by far. I just don't know how he's going to approach the season. And I don't know how I feel about Jared Stidham. A lot of people saying that they trust him as the guy. I think it's BS. Maybe they'll give Stidham like five games or so, right? And say he completely does not do well at all. Like he just, you know, totally craps the bed. I feel like then Bill Bill Belichick will be like, you know what? Screw this season. We're going to tank and we're going to get Trevor Lawrence. But at the same time, it's hard for me to see Bill Belichick saying, hey, let's tank, because that's not what he does. Yeah, that's like Jordan tanking. Yeah, that's like Jordan saying he doesn't want to win. That's like saying – that's like Jordan not wanting to make the playoffs. His, uh, what That was his – it was his second year second in the year, league. Second year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you're totally right. But I don't know. Is, can, is Stidham capable of putting this team above 500? I mean, look at how they played last year, even with Tom Brady. Who's he throwing to? Who's Jared Stidham going to throw to? Maybe that's the Julian Edelman. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that'll be perfect. He'll throw those little check down routes to Julian Edelman. But then after that, I mean, at this point, Nikhil Harry's a bust, right? Yeah. With Belichick, anything is possible. Especially, I mean, look at Case Keenum with Minnesota that one year, you know? Like, it could happen. But That was also a really good roster, though. I think the Patriots just have a really good defense. That's all I can talk about is their defense and Bill Belichick. Yeah. Yeah, you could say that. This is maybe the one division in football where I could potentially see all four of these teams could win the division real, realistically. I, I even think the Jets could take a huge step forward. Uh, as crazy as that seems, I, I really think that could happen. I know you like Sam Darnold, but I actually have the Jets finishing last in this division. I think they could. I, I think they totally could. What if I told you that this is going to be the worst division this year? I'd agree it with you. I'd... I think it, yeah, I think it could be. Okay, here's what I have. The Bills will win the division 9-7. and seven. 
I was going to say the only way the Jets can win the division if it, is if they win at 8-8. Eight and eight. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's what I think. So the Bills, based on what the, they've upgraded a lot, the defensive position, and they traded for Stephon Diggs, their first-round pick. So it's looking like they should have be a better team than this past year. But I don't know. I, I have them actually, their record, based on their schedule, I have them finishing 9-7. and seven. They'll win the division. Miami and New England are going to tie 6-10. and 10. I can't believe I'm saying that the Patriots are going to be 6-10. and 10. Something about Stidham is just clicking for me. I wouldn't be surprised. And then I have the Jets finishing, I don't know, like 5-11. and 11. I don't think they're going to be a good team at all. I don't know if Tua will start most of the season. If he does, he's got a good roster around him. But I just – I think Miami needs one more season. They got a lot of good yeah. weapons, but I think they need one more season. So I think 6-10 is a, is a good start there. So I got Bills. I got Bills winning 9-7. and seven. Would you agree with me that the Dolphins had the best offseason in football this year? 100%. Yeah. They had a good draft, too. Yeah, dude, they killed it. They picked up some great free agents, a ton of Patriots players, ironically. What if the Dolphins start the season like 6-0? and <laughs> <laughs> That would be pretty great. I mean, that could happen with Fitzmagic. Literally, Fitzmagic is the only question mark. Oh, I, I think forgot about Fitzmagic. Two is going to sit his entire first year. They have to. They have to with his hip injury. I agree with you with Buffalo. I think nine and seven, ten and six, maybe even like eleven and five. I mean, they've surprised us in years past, but they've got one of the best defenses in the league. Josh Allen, as long as it's not the playoffs, he's able to find ways to win games, whether it's with his legs or just making easy passes. So yeah, definitely, I think the Bills are the easily the favorites to win this division. The Patriots, I don't see them playing under 500 unless they are tanking so i mean even with belichick at the coach they're either going to be like eight and eight or they're going to tank and go like two and 14 i, I don't see them in like that six and ten range Other, like i feel like that's that's a waste at that point if you're going to go six and ten you might as well go two and 14 and try and get trevor lawrence the jets are going to have a really good season i think they're going to be right there with the dolphins around eight and eight i mean that's a really good season for the jets the jets are going to rebound but I, I don't like Adam Gase. Adam Gase, I don't think he's a terrible coach. I just – there's something that's not right. I don't know. Maybe it's Sam Darnold. I mean, the Jets are starting to turn into a team where I don't even know who the hell's on that team anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, for real. A lot of people left, so. Le'Veon Bell. Oh, yeah, Le'Veon Bell. I can't name one of the receivers right now. Quincy Anunua. Is, is Robbie Anderson still there? Nope, nope. He's, in, he's on the Panthers. Oh, dang, that's crazy. Yeah. Quincy Anunua. <laughs> Do you guys know who that is? I've heard the name. He's on the Jets. He's solid, but he's always hurt. All right, Gladio, who do you got? Man, I feel really bad for Sam Darnold. I'll say that first. I don't know. I think he's really talented. I, I just, oh, God. He's just, in a, he's, just, he's just in a tough spot. He had a winning record last year. Like, if you exclude the games where he was out with Mono or whatever. He beat the Cowboys. Yeah, they did. They, he went like I think he went like seven and six in the games he actually played, or something like that. And then in, in like his first game back, he he crushed the Cowboys. I'm gonna take Buffalo. I think they're the most well-rounded team. Ten and six. The Patriots are gonna surprise some people. I just don't think that offense is good enough to you know to, to really get them over the top and win the division. They're going to have a good defense, but Patriots 9-7. and seven. Dolphins are going to be in the 7-9, and 6-10 and 10 range. I mean, they had a good end of the season last year, so I think the Dolphins could maybe even have a winning record this year with how they looked at the end of the season. I think Brian Flores is a really good coach. 
one of the few Belichick coordinators to actually work out as a head coach. I, I think he could, he could be that. Had a good offseason. Maybe I'm a little bit low on the Dolphins, but I, I see him, you know, being a seven and nine team right now. Jets maybe six and ten. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, I have Patriots and Dolphins both six and ten. It's I guess whoever gets the the, the tiebreaker there. It almost feels like a bit of a boring division too. Save the the best for last. The NFC East, NFC least. It's been pretty much the worst division in football for the past few years. I don't think this year it should have been. Realistically, I think we should have talked about the AFC East last, but nonetheless, we got the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants, and the Redskins. Gledhill, would you say that this is another tough division to predict? I'd say it is. I think it's really tough to pick the winner, first off, and I think it's, I think it's really tough to pick who's going to end up finishing at the bottom of the division. You know, I, mm-hmm. think, uh, I think Cowboys-Eagles go 1-2 in, in some order. But then after that, I don't know, you know, who's going to be third. Is it going to be the Redskins or is it going to be the Giants? I right now am probably giving the Redskins the edge, but I like the Giants quarterback play better. As much as I hate to say it, I think the Eagles are going to win the division. I hate to say it. I, I Obviously, I'm rooting for the Cowboys, but with the new coaching staff coming in during this time, I think the Cowboys are at, at a little bit of a disadvantage. The uh, Eagles are going to have more chemistry coming into the season when playing against three divisional opponents who all have new head coaches coming in. Brought in Darius Slay. Eagles are going to be a lot healthier this year. I, I don't know why they picked Jalen Hurts in the second round. I, I think that was a horrible pick. Even though I love Jalen Hurts, it's, it's, I don't know why the Eagles were doing that. And Doug Peterson right now, because you got three other coaches who are kind of new to the division, I think he's probably the best coach in the division. I'd say right now the most well-run organization in that division. They picked up Jalen Rager in the first round, who people were saying, why, why, why not get Justin Jefferson? But for some reason, I think he's going to end up being pretty good because everyone's, like, trashing the pick, and I, I just feel like he's just going to come out and, like, prove everyone wrong. I'm going to say 11-5, and 12-4. Cowboys finish second, 9-7, and 10-6 range. And then I'm going to go ahead and take the Redskins third. because so I think their defense is going to be much improved this year. I think with Ron, Ron Rivera, defensive coach, coming in. Yeah, Chase Young. I think their defense is going to be kind of scary this year. They finished third. And then, yeah, I got to take the Giants last. So I think the Redskins are probably a 7-9, 8-8 team. Giants are kind of in the 6-10 range. So, yeah, unfortunately, I got to take the Eagles to win this division. Is Doug Peterson on the hot seat this year if they don't win the division? I don't think so. Let me just say, Gledhill, Eagles only won the division this past year because of Jason Garrett. The last game of the season, that was – okay, first of all, that was a terrible game. Like, they were both close. There was about four games this past season Jason Garrett effed up. Yeah. The Cowboys 100% should have won the division last year, but they didn't. There hasn't been a back-to-back champion since 2004, and I don't see the Eagles breaking that trend this year. I really don't, especially with, with the, the new coaching staff. I, I agree with you, though, Gledhill, that the Eagles did improve. And I, I don't think the Jalen Reger pick is bad. I, I, you know, a lot of people you know, have hated on it. I don't think it's a bad pick at all. But I don't think it's a better pick than the C.D. Lamb pick for the Cowboys. You know, I think the Cowboys upgraded just as much at the receiving position. And you know, I think the NFC East is wide open, no doubt. I don't think the Cowboys are going to cruise to a division title. I think it's going to come down to the last few games of the season. But I have the Cowboys winning. Don't know what the record's going to be. They do have a really tough schedule. That They're playing the best division in football, so you know, that's going to be hard there. And they're playing the Ravens. So they, they got to win the games that they should win. You know, there's no, more, there's no more of a Cowboys, oh, Cowboys losing to the Jets. Like, that, you can't have that happen, you know, if you're trying to make a playoff push in that division. 
So I think I agree with you there. I think one, two is going to be Cowboys and Eagles. I just have the Cowboys winning slightly. And then the Giants and the Redskins, this is where I, I've changed my mind. Going into it, I had the Giants, but I think I'm going to take the Redskins. The defense is a lot better than the Giants right now. The Giants with Daniel Jones, I think he's better than Dwayne Haskins right now, but I think Ron Rivera is a better coach and than Joe Judge. I don't know what I'm going to expect from Joe Judge right now. So I think it's safer to pick the Redskins. I don't see the Redskins making the playoffs, but I think they'll be a much more improved team with a better defense. And I've always liked Ron Rivera. And who knows, maybe the Redskins go out and get Cam Newton if Dwayne Haskins plays bad. So I'm going to take the Cowboys and the Eagles and the Redskins and the Giants. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles take it. And shoot, knowing the NFC East, I wouldn't be even surprised if the Redskins sneak up there and win the division. So yeah, that's all I got to say. Preston? I will say this about the Jalen Rager pick. He is what the Eagles felt they needed as far as a vertical threat to stretch the field. As far as the division goes, with everything going on, The Eagles 100% should win the division. This should be their division. They have the best roster, the best coach, just because he's been there. So there's no transition there. They have the quarterback with the best potential. He's been inconsistent, but he has the best potential. I mean, if you look at his season before he got hurt, he was ridiculous, MVP of the league. They've got everything going for them. And with this whole Dak Prescott contract situation, and him not being in team meetings or anything right now, that's got to sting for the Cowboys. I know Jerry Jones is working hard to try and get something done, but, you know, Dak has all the leverage right now, and I think he's going to drag this out. The Redskins, I think they're making improvements, but they're not going to win the the division with the young Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. Definitely not. And then the Giants, we'll see what happens. They've got Saquon and – I don't know if Jan- Daniel Jones is the future or not. I know I've, I have some friends who are Giants fans, and they don't like Daniel Jones at all. The thing with this division, it seems like all the teams end up splitting the game. So it really comes down to games outside of their division. With that being said, I'm going to pick the Eagles to win the division. But I think the Cowboys have a potential to be really good. Dak is a, is a good quarterback. I think Zeke will have a bounce-back season this year. I'm not high on Mike McCarthy at all. I think – He's not a Super Bowl winning coach. I mean, look, at he had Aaron Rodgers for how many years and he only won one Super Bowl? Okay, here's but Green Bay always had a problem with their self. They always had a lackluster defense. And I think they definitely had the best draft in the NFC East from Mike McCarthy's ability to help out with Jerry Jones. I don't think Jerry Jones would have got CeeDee Lamb. So who would you pinpoint the, the Packers' lack of a defense for that many years on? Is it the coaching staff or is it the Packers? Well, I mean, it's got to be Mike McCarthy, but Mike McCarthy is an offensive-minded coach. Think about it. Every Okay, yeah, he had all those years with Aaron Rodgers, and they, they won one Super Bowl, but then after that they would always, you know, choke in the playoffs, right? But name one of those years where they had a bad offense. They never did. They never had a bad offense. And, and Mike McCarthy drafted players in, like, late rounds – you know, Gledhill was t- telling me about that. Mike McCarthy first only drafted one offensive player since his time in Green Bay, and it was Aaron Rodgers. Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Eddie Lacy for the time before he started eating cheeseburgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. Those are all second-round and later picks. None of those guys were first-round picks. He's an offensive-minded coach, and the Cowboys had a really good offense last year, even though they finished 8-8 eight and eight and there was a lot of games that they blew because of Jason Garrett, but they had a really good offense last year. 
So I think Mike McCarthy is going to shine in the offense. It's going to be up to the defense. The, the, the key factor for the Cowboys this year is the defense because the defense totally fell asleep last year. Yeah, I, I think he's a decent coach, but he's not a Super Bowl winning coach. That's my opinion. That's fair. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, unless he shows us something. But I think he's definitely on the best roster than he ever had. Do you think that's the best roster he's ever had? I think so. Maybe not. He not he, now minus outside, Aaron Rodgers. Outside of, I, I say outside of the one Green Bay team they had because that team was stacked. I mean, they have Charles yeah. Woodson. Yeah, yeah. I guess the year. I guess the year they won the Super Bowl, but. Minus Aaron Rodgers, this is the best roster team he's ever had. I think. All right. Between the Redskins and the Giants, I'm going to go with the Redskins just because of Ron Rivera. So I got that's Redskins. What, that's what Giants. I did. That's what I did. Now, I think Daniel Jones is better than Dwayne Haskins. Yes. Yes. All right, guys. We appreciate y'all joining us this week. Tune in next week for more podcasts and episodes. This has been season one, episode two. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out.